This is Southeast Asia Crossroads, an educational podcast from the Center for Southeast Asian Studies at Northern Illinois University. From music and maps to money and modernity, this is where ideas come together. Welcome to another edition of Southeast Asia Crossroads. I'm your host, Eric Jones, and with me in the studios is uh, Dr. Irving Chan Johnson. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming in. Uh, Irving's an associate professor in the Department of Southeast Asian Studies at, uh, at NUS and our friends over there. Um, and we're happy to have you on our campus. We're going to be talking about um, some of the stuff you're doing and, and your research in particular, but maybe to, to, to start us off, do you want to uh, give, us a, give us a little story of Once Upon a Time? Tell you a story? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Once Upon a Time, in the city of Paranasi, which is in present-day Varanasi in India, the Buddha-to-be, the Prat-Potisat, was born as a prince named Temi. Paranasi's massive palace with its elegant spires, gabled roofs, Thick walls and lacquered wood windows resemble the finest royal architecture found in central Siam. Outside the city walls, far from the musings of court life and reserved decorum, a Chinese man sold rabbits. His canvas shoes, bamboo hat, long-sleeved shirt, and baggy trousers distinguished him from the city's ethnic Thai residents. His hair flowed down his back in a neat queue, its sinuous form resembling that of the flowing tail, Lai Hang Lai, pattern commonly seen in traditional Thai motifs. The rabbits attracted a little boy who squatted in front of the furry little creatures, perhaps in anticipation of taking one home. That's a little story. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's a that's a nice little segue. We can un- we'll kind of unpack that some of those pieces throughout the episode, mm-hmm. but. Uh, um, Irving, you're an anthropologist, uh, yep. but so also a, a painter and an, and an artist, and you're really looking at, uh, among other things, uh, representations in Thai art, and in this case, Thai temple murals and kind of everyday life right. in that. So, what what is this you're reading? What is this? Uh, what does this come from? So this this little snippet I, I gave you guys is based on a painting I did on the walls of a Thai temple. Um, on one wall, sorry, of um, Thai temple in Singapore. Um, and it's a very unique um, piece because it has a traditional depiction of a Buddhist tale, the story of Temi. Um, but that within that tale, you have a Chinese man selling right. a whole bunch of baby rabbits, um, which is not part of the story at story, all. It's, right. it's its own separate narrative. It's yeah. its own separate um, text, I would say. And so that's that's uh, that's obviously part of what you're looking at. So you're looking at the peripheral space yes. in art. So what what is tell us a bit about what what that is, and maybe some other uh, global contexts about where this where this comes to pass. What do we mean by the sort of the margins and the periphery? Right. Um, in traditional Thai mural painting from about the seven late 1700s to about the eight. 1930s, so we're talking about the late Ayutthaya period, mid Ayutthaya to middle Rama three period in Bangkok. Um, you have murals were being painted on temples all over central Thailand, and the murals carry 
Are, are, are these are these murals that now, if for visitors to these temples, you would do the kind of stuff you would still see and recognize? You would still see them. Um, they are not. Many of the temples are actually closed off to visitors. You can't go in. The location of the murals are in the ordination hall. Okay. Which right. tends to be a locked building, um, and it's mm -hmm. only open by monks when they need to use it for special ceremonies. Okay. But within these stories, so the the murals illustrate primarily, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different narratives that are being illustrated, but primarily it's stories related to the life of the Buddha or his past lives. That's sort of the main, that's the main, main central narrative. That's the main central narrative. <laughs> <Okay>. However, <laughs> um, on the sidelines, you have scenes of everyday life, of the people who basically painted the murals. Um, so these are non-narrative scenes. They are not part at all of the main story at hand. Um, they have no didactic or moralizing um, um, association. So is this is this similar to say in sort of massive stone monuments around Southeast Asia where you have you know Borobudur like the lives yes. of, lives of the Buddha, but then you also have like sailing ships. And, yes, and yes, yes. You know the famous carvings on Borobudur. Um, where you have the bodhisattva um, in his palace or on his yeah, chariot. Yeah. And then you have like a dwarf at the bottom, um, or you have in Cambodia, you have scenes of cockfights, of people fishing. Um, so this kind of tradition where you illuminate the walls, not just with tales of the protagonists, the yeah. Buddhist or Hindu protagonists, but also of just ordinary villagers doing ordinary things. You mentioned uh, there's there's you know medieval traditions in in, in, Europe. in Europe also yes. is th this is uh, this is not uncommon. This is not uncommon. It it occurs in many parts of the world. It's so you might have lives of the saints, but then yeah, in the in the foreground, and then you have the, for instance, you may have sponsors, donors, right? Um, <laughs> right, right. In in the foreground, their faces, uh, their faces, or like praying. Um, a lot of um, old medieval manuscripts have. Um, interesting drawings on the margins of the text. Um, mm -hmm. You have boxing rabbits and you have <laughs> snails fighting knights and you right. things like that, which are not related at all to Christian philosophy, which is what the text is about. Um, these, so these are the margins of the text, right? Like very whimsical sometimes whimsical, even. Whimsical, like yeah, yeah. Would you argue perhaps a um, the the subtext is the text? It, it It's... In some ways, a more um, accurate reflection of of a time and a place than the quote unquote main narrative, or not? I would say so. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you know, at an age before photography, I mean, this was a snapshot of what life was like back then. Um, right. And when I say life, it was the life not of the Buddha or you know his past lives, but this was the life of the artist. And the people who went to the temple and of the monk encapsulated within a formal, um, rigid structure of a, of a Buddhist text. So the life of the Buddha would have been, you know, obviously taken place in in, in India in a distant Correct. past. And um, however, the mural that's in you know Cambodia or Thailand or or Myanmar right. is is actually the scenes from. The right outside the, temp the that temple wall itself, or, Correct. or um, their yeah. own experiences. Yeah, and the fact is that most likely for the artists, um, as well as for the monks, um, India was a different place. India was not. I mean, they had never gone to India. 
Yeah, it was right? it was it completely was, fantastical. It in was their completely mind. fantastical, and it was in the present. The life of the Buddha was in Thailand, in Ayutthaya, or in Bangkok, or yeah. in Konbri, or you know that, and that was location of these stories. Um, the names may be Indian, but they have been they have been Thaiized, right? So Varanasi becomes Paranasi. So there's an association okay. with locality, right? With the with yeah. the present. So when you walk into a temple and see yes. a mural, has it become such second nature to you where you you look at the periphery before you look at the, the center or, or not? That is actually an artistic method. Um, so when the artist painted, they would paint the main scene at eye level. Okay. So the story So there's itself, a bias already. That there's it's, already a bias. It's going to be at so eye level. So when you go in... Eye level is, you right. know, the life of the Buddha. And, and right, you'd almost have to hold your hand to obscure correct, what's correct. in front of you. But then when you look around it, that's where these things, these things pop up. Um, and yes, to me, when I go to these temples, because I've been there so many times, um, the thing that really attracts me are the margins of the paintings, the non-Buddhist narratives that are going on um, around the life of the Buddha. And I know for, I mean, I'll speak for... For Western visitors, mm-hmm. um, and you can enlighten a bit about what uh, what, a, what a Southeast Asian viewer might take in. But I know that uh, there's a, and especially for maybe the new backpackers, tendency to overread, like uh, as you know, super religious is the only text, and, and to 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 really imbue a right. sense of, and, and not to say that these are not spiritual places. That's right. not what I'm right. saying. But but um, what can actually happen is that you realize that the the focus can be less on the the Buddhism. Right. And more on sort of the everyday life of of you know eighteen twenties Bangkok or yeah. Thailand. I mean, is that is that as an overstatement? Um, that's partly an overstatement because I think um, if you think about the main point of the mural is to locate the story of of sure. I mean, I guess people, right? I guess it wouldn't be there. And if it if it was yeah, if it was wasn't just, for the main one, yeah. you wouldn't have the minor ones, right? Right. Um, but the fact is that the minor ones are so crucial in maintaining the, I would say, almost viewership of yeah. people who go to the temple. Um, and many a times, that's the stuff that they're actually looking at because it's so interesting and it's so funny and, and you know. Yeah, so for you, for, for our listeners, maybe give, it, give us, a, you know, maybe half a dozen kind of like, Kind of examples and the the marginalia. What are what are some like anecdotes to think oh, what, about? Like what are, what kinds of things are they going to be seeing see? going on? Yeah, um, you see all sorts of stuff. Um, it ranges from um, people drinking. It ranges from funerals, Dr- and drinking, drinking, drinking what? alcohol, um, you know, beer, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the older murals in Thailand, we have a lot of scenes of river life by the river. Okay. Um, and people going by boat up and down, and people trading and stuff. Um, is it human centered or natural world? Is it or both? Is it's it, both. It's yeah. both. It's both. Um, depending again on the temple that you're going uh-huh. to, it usually even a combination because in a Thai village you would have cats and dogs and you know animals moving yeah. around. Um, so it's it's actually a very fascinating um, snippet of life. Um, and there are images of people urinating. There are images <laughs> of people throwing up. There are images right, which of you people, might not think of in a temple like you would have. In like, a temple, yeah, yeah. yeah. People having sex. Um, that's a common theme. Okay. Um, 
women, in particular women. Um, now I'm going to start looking. I, you know, I, I've, I've I never noticed on. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, in particular, you have a lot of scenes of women <laughs> groping each other's breasts. That's quite common. That was very common in the early Bangkok period. Um, why they were doing yeah, so? Yeah, what do you think? What's going on there? What's going on there? I mean, was it lesbianism? Was it um, the artist just trying to have fun? Um, we don't really know. I mean, what we do know is Thai society back then was extremely fluid in terms of sex and gender, right? There was no word for lesbian. There's no word for homosexual, gay. I mean, there are none of these words. These words came about with the English language. Um, so they're very recent. Um, so this kind of portrayal um, primarily of women, you know, fondling each other and 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 cupping each other's breasts. Um, and these are not women of the court. Um, these are ordinary, yeah. you know, they could be servants, they could be um, village women, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not the queen people in her, her league, right? So these are just ordinary women. Um, most likely, it reflects a particular understanding of gender and sexuality in Thailand or in Thai societies at the time. Um, we don't get this stuff in other parts of Southeast Asia. I don't. I don't know of it. Um, like in the carvings at Borobudur or at, at Angkor, the Bayon. I mean, no, no, I don't think any of the same no, sex stuff for sure. No, like, not yeah. the sex stuff. Um, and some of it is pretty explicit. The Thai stuff. I mean, it's really explicit. I mean, men and women having sex. Sort of almost like the Japanese kind of. Like the Japanese like, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, sex organs are not displayed. Are not shown. For the most okay. part, for the most part, again, if it's shown, it tends to be women. Um, there's a very famous scene in one of the temples where a couple is attacked by a tiger. So the, <laughs> I think that the guy was like looking for firewood or something. So he's attacked okay. by a tiger. And this and is this is uh, not in any of the any of the and it's nothing to do with or tales. This no, is like, no, this is like, it, it's marginalia. Yeah, man. Okay. it just fills in the space. Yeah. Um, and so the tiger attacks the woman, and her her skirt drops, okay. right. <laughs> And because she's terrified, <laughs> and the tiger's <laughs> grabbing her thigh, um, but it drops in such a way that her vagina is exposed. Oh boy! To the viewer, yeah, right. In a very kind of sexually provocative image, if you are interpreting it from kind of a Western understanding right. of sex, um, why the artist did that? Again, we don't know. I mean, there are no texts. These are not part of any kind of Buddhist narrative. Um, what they do actually is they add an element of realism to a myth because the story is a myth. Right. Right. Um, it exists in a mythic kind of universe. I mean, it could be historically correct, but it exists in a mythic world to many Thai people. Um, but a woman being attacked by a tiger is a very real event. I mean, tigers were, you know, in 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 the forest, right? There's a there's a there's a school of thought that thinks that um, in in sort of the European Gothic tradition was partly looks like it does to involve an an, an animist or a, or a, a population that uh, that maybe worshipped outdoors or that like it, it sort of it's a, it's a, these these are brought into it to to mm. make it interesting or exciting or something visually that they would right. around learning about you know Jesus or the lives of the saints and right. do you, is there is there a similar thinking that is this done with a didactic purpose in or do you think or is it is it no whimsy? no I I 
don't think there's any kind of moralizing or didactic idea behind it. Um, it's not part of any kind of you know um, tantric Str- strategy, from like no, yeah. no, no, no. Because I guess um, in the Gothic case, it's it's really a church strategy to try to to in- incorporate those the 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 familiar into right. into the this this new religious form but yeah um, um not, not so in on. the Thai case and in fact what we find is that in the old murals so we're talking about the earlier UTR period so maybe about 1300s 1400s um in the earlier murals we don't have these scenes these scenes the, the marginalia the at marginalia, all yeah that's interesting stuff. um these scenes came about in the late 1600s and reached its height um, in depictions probably in about the Rama 1 to Rama 3 period. So from 1782 to about 1831. Um, that was kind of the peak of these scenes. Um, so something was obviously happening in Thai society back then that was leading to this change um, in the way people are being depicted. Um, because prior to that, it was either entirely narrative Meaning that it's just the life of the Buddha and none of all this, none okay. of all this other stuff, or it was non-narrative. Meaning that the walls were decorated with design work, flowers, patterns, angels, right? Right. Um, so that was so. So Thai society had changed by then. Um, that allowed more. I don't know more artistic. So on that note. Uh uh, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll skip ahead. No spoilers. But uh, um, if you were to try to, let's take like the tiger attacking, the skirt dropping. If you were to try to paint that in a in a in a contemporary Thai temple mural, would you get censored? Would Most that be probably? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're living in a very different environment. Yeah. Um, with different understandings of what's what should be shown and what should not be shown. Again, we don't know if the artist who painted that was censored. But it, but the fact that it survives on the wall says something. Exactly, right? And we do know, however, that some of this stuff was actually covered up um, mm. in some of the temples in Bangkok. Um, you mean some of the more risque stuff? Some of the more risque stuff was actually covered up. Um, do we know when it was covered up? We don't know exactly when. 19th century. Okay. 19th century. Um, we do know that there was a massive change in, because mm-hmm. it was a Chulongkorn period that we have um, a change in the way... I mean, Victorian morality, right, was, was coming into Thailand and this was changing the way people were being portrayed as well. Huh. Um, so, for instance, the murals painted <laughs> during the, the Fifth Reign, um, we don't have any of this stuff. Um, or maybe... I mean, if it did happen, and specifically, we're talking about the Bangkok area right now. I mean, yeah. Thailand's a huge area, so stuff mm-hmm. was going on in Northeast Thailand that was really risque. Um, Northern Thailand, you know, you had its own thing. So the area of Central Thailand around the Menam Japaya Basin, so that's the area that we're talking about. So with King Chualongkorn and Westernization and a very pro-Western um, policy yeah. came with it, you know, Western views, taboos, and, taboos and you know, um, how a woman or how a man should mm-hmm. be portrayed in art. Um, and so a lot of these things just kind of stopped. Interesting. Um, 
he, so so let's 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 go back behind the music a little bit and uh, tell us how how did you um, as an as an artist and as a scholar in this particular how did how did some of this begin for you? Well, I've always been interested in art. I like drawing. I, um, I did, you, did you think about going artist? Going artist full time. Full time instead of scholar. Uh, the thought had occurred, yeah. um, and then I realized I'm not going to get paid. Oh, I couldn't survive. So, so you, went to, you went to the so su- super, super lucrative career of uh, academia? <laughs> yeah, without a job, right? <laughs> um, no. Um, so, you know, when I was, so I did anthropology and I got a job and I was thinking, you know, I was, I was still painting back then. Right. Um, so even as, as Tem- I, temple stuff? Or? Um, not temple stuff, but Thai art. I was doing Thai okay. art, right? I was doing Thai art since I was a kid. In the royal style, how did you style. how did you first learn that? Um, I went to temples and I just stared at the stuff. Um, but did I they just, have like teachers that say like, no, "Oh, we see you're interested"? Really? No, just no. I, I mean, I grew up in Singapore, so I had no exposure to traditional Thai art other than going to a temple in Singapore, right? Um, I think I went. We went to Bangkok like one, twice with my <laughs> with my parents, and I I, mean, I just loved it. Right. I spent like. Five hours at drank Grand it in, Palace yeah. Um, but I basically what I did was I would just go and I look at this stuff and I just try to draw it. Um, and then when I was fourteen, so this was a big change. When I was fourteen, um, we had a friend who was a monk from Thailand, and he was at a temple. And my mom told him that I liked drawing Thai designs, and he was like, "Oh, do you have one of those Thai textbooks that all these Thai artists have?" And I said. Oh, I didn't know there were textbooks for this stuff. Uh-huh. And it's okay, let me get you one. So he went to, you know, he went back to Thailand, came back, and he brought me one of these Thai art textbooks that teach you how to draw like flowers and lines and faces and stuff. So suddenly you had a standard to. I had a standard, and I could actually, I actually had a book. Yeah. Right. I mean, this was the days before the internet, right? There were no images. I remember. You remember? <laughs> we're the same age. This is the 80s, yeah. It was yeah. the 80s. It was, the 80s. It was yeah. 1985. <laughs> it was 1985. Um, and so he gave me this little book. He actually bought me two. And I just practiced, you know. I would draw in class. I, mean, I did not like school. <laughs> I did not like school. I, I, I hated my, my classes. Um, so I would just draw. And my I remember my science textbook because science was like my worst subject ever. <laughs> okay science and math, math right yeah and I, good good singaporean good yeah, <laughs> totally um and ev- almost every page would be like a you know a design or a character from the thai ramayana or something like that so i kept practicing okay i kept practicing was and it was it recognized by like art teachers or no, it was not. Like- no my art teacher gave me hell for it um, she really didn't like it. Because she um, wanted you doing like I Western mean, stuff? Or? Yes, because I was trained in art. I did art in, throughout high school and into college, right? So we had to do this project. Um, we had to make like, an art folio thing to right. put your artwork in. And we had to decorate it ourselves. And so I put a picture of Rama on the cover. And I did it in Thai style. So the proportions were all off and wrong. According to her, right. she was like, no, you can't have it like that. You know, no feet don't look like that and hands don't look like that. And I just could not That's understand. so short-sighted. Like, it's crazy. And for the exam, right, Eric, for the exam, um, one, we had to do like a whole bunch of art papers. So there was portraiture and still life. And, okay. and one of it was design work, right? So we were given the questions beforehand and we were supposed to design a CD cover. 
I don't know if our listeners know what a CD is, but <laughs> it's a compact to, disc. It's a compact disc. Uh, we had to design a CD cover with the title of Instrumental. Now I was fifteen. It's nineteen eighty-six. Um, it was called Instrumental. How you want to dis- define instrumental is really up to you, right? So what I did was I put a whole bunch of traditional Thai instruments. And I had like a Thai background and stuff. And so it was traditional Thai music yeah. with traditional instruments. And the instruments were drawn in a mural style, meaning that they were flat. There was no... Um, no depth. There was no depth. There's no Western realism in it. Yeah. It was very flat. And she looked at it and she was like, what's that? So in terms of kind of the academic environment growing up, kind of the art academic Just environment. resistance. It was very tough because on the one hand, you know, you want to you want to get good grades, um, but you wanted to get good grades doing something you enjoy, right? Your friends in Thailand, would, would, would they have had a very different experience in that regard? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, that's not, that's not even a question. I mean, like... Right. It would have been maybe even celebrated. Look. Yeah. You know. I mean, like, oh, wow. He draws, you know, traditional Thai art. Yeah. You know, um, but in Singapore, it was a very different educational experience with with regards to Thai art. So eventually what happened was I stopped it because I realized I'm not (laughs) going to get a good grade by doing this. So the next CD cover I had to design, I drew a whole bunch of jazz instruments and I. (laughs) Right. um, Yeah. So that that was it. But then eventually I. So when I started my work at NUS um, in Southeast Asian Studies, I. You know, I'm still interested in Thai art. I was wondering if I could actually teach Thai art in Singapore. Um, and so I approached okay. my, my head of department and I kind of... You know, like from as an anthropology class or as an art history course? No, as a Southeast Asian studies class. Okay, okay. Because the kids um, who take the class, because it's open to everybody. It'd so be an interdisciplinary studies kind interdisciplinary. of... interdisciplinary. I mean, we yeah. have engineers, um, people from the medical school. You know, right. So, um, so as Southeast Asian studies, but with a very strong anthro stance to it. Um, because she said, if if I just want to teach art, then they would probably not agree to it. Um, but if I made it, you know, art yeah. and something else. Like give it a social science. Give uh, it a social science um, approach, then it would work. She said, she said, let's just try. I mean, it's Thai art. Like, are there even Singaporeans who would take the class? <laughs> Um, it worked, Eric. I mean, I had a full really? bunch of students. Yeah, and um, were they were they were they heritage students or were they just no, Singaporeans? They, they were, were just, just interested. Like they, there were no Thai kids. Um, these were all Singaporean students. Um, we had maybe one or two exchange students from okay. like the U.S. and different places, but primarily these were Singaporean students who just wanted to do art. And yeah, either they wanted to do art or they were very interested in Thai Thai stuff. Right. They had done Thai language. You know, they had done. You know, Thai history yeah, models. Yeah. They want Thai things. content. Yeah. They want Thai content. Um, but primarily, I think most of the students were actually just students who want to draw and, and are interested in, in learning. So, um, so so actual drawing was part of your course. Right. Well. So the way the oh, course wow. is, was structured was the first few weeks of the course is basically trying to understand what Thai art is all about. Um, look, and this is where the anthro comes in, right? So locating art within its... Uh, cultural and historical political context in Thailand, yeah. um, as well as outside of Thailand, within Thai spaces yeah. in the diaspora. Um, so we looked at like the temple in London, we looked at Zurich, these different places. Um, and the second half, and then the kids all go to Thailand, so they have to do a component in Thailand. 
at the Thai art school Wat cool. Chang in Bangkok. Yeah. That's a whole different story right there. <laughs> Um, where nobody speaks any English. <laughs> um, and in the second half, it's basically drawing and I teach them how to draw and to paint. Because okay. they have a pretty long time. And then at the end of it, they would produce a canvas of something that they had seen on a wall of a temple in Thailand as part of the field trip. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's, that, that, that's the final project. Yeah, for the, for the listener also, uh, um, Irving is... Uh, is, uh, is, is uh, being a being a tough schoolmaster for some of us who are who were taking his uh, his drawing classes uh, the this this week and uh, you've been very you've been very, you've been very kind uh, given the the I'll speak for myself the lack of expertise and the uh, but um, yeah so so that that's great that it sounds like the exactly the kind of the course you would have liked to have taken where you could you could analyze it and put on your kind of anthropologist hat but actually perform yeah. it and yeah and and do it as you know a, the way i i teach it right eric is i i believe that you cannot understand you cannot be an artist without knowing what you're doing so if somebody comes up to you so i always tell this to my students if somebody comes up to you and asks you what are you drawing and if you can't explain it and you can't explain the social historical cultural context of what you're doing then you're not really an artist. I mean, you, right? You're just copying something. You're or, just copying something, right? Yeah. Um, so the students in the class have to really learn um, the history. Um, they have to. Well, and that that repetition, you remember it. You like the repetition yeah. as well as the stories behind it. Yeah. So you know, for their final project, they have to do a presentation. A lot of it, a lot of the module is actually structured as an art class in Thailand. I kind of use the same kind of pedagogical style as what they do in Thailand. So the students would have to put um, present their project in front of the class. Okay. And they would have to talk about it for like five minutes. Um, <laughs> and so they have, oh, this is the story of Prawes and Dawn, and this is when he gave away his elephant, blah, blah, blah. Um, this is painted in the style of King Rama I. Um, as you can see, the brush strokes are like this, like this, like this. Um, in order for the student to really fully yeah. comprehend... What he's or if somebody asks a question about what is what are these what are these things doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah then, then they have to know their stuff. Yeah, like so the that. students would then ask the presenter questions, right? Oh, why do you choose this style and not that style? Why do you choose red and not blue? Um, and the the guy who's presenting would have to be able to respond to these things. I'm glad you got that book and stuck with it, man. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how um, I wanted to ask uh, the traditional um Thai art how rigid how loose um you know uh, maybe say a bit about like how emotion is is or is not uh, portrayed in the in the center and at, at the peripheries like what right. what are kind of the rules of the game um Thai art has a lot of rules um the structure of Thai art the learning of Thai art is very similar to the way students learn dance and music in Thailand um there's a rigid structure that cannot be deviated from. So a line should look like this. You better draw those hung line right. You draw those hung line right until you do it. <laughs> um, or a kachang should look like a kachang, right? Um, but then, and so that, so these are designs, these are the basic stuff that, that you learn, um, like, like step one. But when you actually start drawing humans or you start painting murals on a wall where you're actually painting a whole story with yeah. a whole bunch of different characters, I mean, you've moved beyond design work. Um, but yet there is a structure to it. That's that's what was crazy to me is after you describing it um, and then us doing some of it, you could seem like a simple line or two, but then you step back and you look at these big compositions and you realize that 
there's a geometry and yes. a, there's a, there's, there's a like an incredible amount of like just just exi- there's there's a reason why correct that 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 mural visually reads as that's a Thai thing yes. because it's it's followed all of those yes. conventions and rules and it, it just like I it just never had dawned on me like oh like it's, yeah. it's because it's the grammar it's uh, it's yeah. a, it's the language right yeah um, it's an unwritten text and. For instance, the way humans are portrayed. Um, so you have royal characters or gods, you know, up elite characters, and then you have everybody else. Um, so elite characters have a particular structure. There's there's a language to portraying them. Okay. They have to sit like this. They have to move like this. They walk like this. They have the they, same kind of s- smile, which isn't really a smile. They have the, this half-smile yeah. um, thing. No matter um, what's happening. And you can't give them any kind of emotion on yeah. his face. So he's always having the same face. But the lower characters, meaning the the margins, right? Um, in the early Bangkok style of painting, you really have a lot of room to play with. So you could make a guy fat or thin or happy or sad or you know screaming or having his mouth shut. Um, it's really entirely up to your artist um, how you want to depict these guys they tend to be depicted as unattractive in kind of in a Thai aesthetic sense. These guys <laughs> are unattractive because they have the upturned, no, upturned noses and they're kind of big and funny they're not, little They're not eyes. refined royal. They're not refined royal characters that follow an Indian model where, because these guys are really, it's free for all. How, how do you want to move them? But yet at the same time, there is a structure because within this freedom... Um, you have to portray them so so that an art when a Thai artist looks at it, he knows that you're portraying Maginelia. Mm. Um, that these are the characters on margins. Um, so there is a subtext almost to the way you draw, to the way you 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 paint these these characters. Is there a movement to like I'm thinking like sort of was it Rosencrantz and Guildenstern like the, like to to take the to take the the marginal Shakespeare characters and right. and make the thing entirely about that. Have we gotten as bold as to, uh, you might not be able to do that in a temple, but say mm-hmm. like make the entire right. mural be about these marginal. Um, so far that's not been done because the point of the mural. It's a free idea. Is, right there you go. Well, you, <laughs> we'll see what happens. And the point of the mural is to illustrate Buddhist stories because right. it's in a Buddhist temple. Um, but we have, we have Buddhist temples in Thailand, in Bangkok, where Buddhist stories are not portrayed. We have temples where local folk tales have replaced the life of the Buddha, huh. and, and these are not recent. I mean, these are yeah, are yeah. old um, portrayals because it's not th- it's not set in stone that you have to paint the life of the Buddha, right? Right. This brings me to another, uh, I think, interesting thing you raised, which is that uh, so the the often there there's between the national and the local there is. It's it's sometimes at cross purposes what's happening there. I mean, is there is there a tension between, say, um, like a designation as a a national heritage temple or a mural, and then what uh, a local abbot might want to do with in terms of uh, local religious piety? How they like what does that look like? Right. So there is a tension right now um, because of the concept of heritage and how is heritage managed by the Thai nation state. Um, And this can sometimes work against local understandings of what temple space is all about. 
the murals exist within temples. Temples are managed by abbots and monks. So, so for some of the older temples, because the fine arts department comes in and manages it as a historical landmark, okay. meaning that the paintings on the walls have to be preserved as is. So this, they, they want to trap it in amber. They want to trap it in amber and, and I mean, yeah. they preserve the walls for the monks and that's good, right? Um, but at the same time, some monks, um, abbots in particular, feel unhappy about this because they argue that the point of a mural is A, it's a Buddhist story, and B, it beautifies the space of a temple. So if your mural is, you know, has been washed away by the rain, even though you are, you are a historical site, it beats the point of a mural. It, it, you know, so the abbot says, I want to whitewash the walls and I want to repaint the walls in really beautiful new murals, but I can't do that because the state has blocked it. By saying that my right. temple is now a historical, um, a historical monument. Before the idea of like, national heritage preservation, would um, was there a, an impulse to? I because I, I could see in my head at least I'm imagining there could be like kind of like a an arms race is the wrong, completely the wrong word, but uh, that uh, you know like hey we have you know always fresh mur- murals, always fresh things right. going on, like donate, uh, like the, the, the visitors, you know, you can make merit, you can see kind of literal kind of fruits of your, of your devotion that have, right. that are presented in new things that are up on there. Is there a drive to, to, to innovate or to, to constantly update? Because, uh, and obviously some of these are, have been saved for centuries. Right, so, right. Um, or is that, is that just going on in my head? Um, well, because it goes to the Buddhist idea of impermanence, um, and that's the fundamental teaching of the Buddha, right? That all things are impermanent, all things are changing. And so the abbot comes in and he says, well, things are changing. Murals but will disappear. Sand mandala, let's so, yeah. Sand mandala, yeah. yeah. It's, the same, it's exactly yeah. the same concept. So abbot comes in and says, yeah, the murals were nice back 200 years ago, but now they've gone. You know, it's been mm-hmm. damaged by water and moss and the paint has been peeled off. Just repaint it. And that's the con- universal condition and anyway. If so you yeah. understand the aesthetic history of the Bangkok period, the early Bangkok period, when King Rama I built many of the temples in, in and around Bangkok, by the reign of King Rama III, many of those temples were repainted so King Rama III came hmm. along and whitewashed the walls and repainted the murals because he's working within the same kind of um, aesthetic belief that the murals are good, but they should be beautiful and beauty doesn't last, right? So now in Bangkok, to actually see murals painted from the 1782 Rama I period, it's extremely rare. There are only like two or three buildings that have them because they have all been repainted by yeah. the reign of King Rama III. And the act of repainting a temple hmm. is considered extremely meritorious. For um, for everyone involved, I'm sure. Well, for, for the sponsor, say for the king, yeah. for the artist who is involved, for the people who donate money to the project. I mean, you know, everybody's involved in this thing. By the way, Irving has so much merit, you guys. He, you've accumulated a lot. <laughs> <laughs> or the Thai school. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So there would be that pressure, not pressure, but that that um, impulse to, yeah. to and I could see that in the you know you see that in you know whether it's gold leafing of a Buddha yeah. like people want to continue to add yeah. and to 
Um, what does the what role do these uh, do do Thai temples play in the murals for overseas um, diasporic Thai? Um, right. Is it different for for Thai Thai? I don't think it's different. Um, it really depends on who who is viewing the art. Um, when um, Sandra Kate in her book on the temples, the the murals in Wimbledon in London. Um, so when those murals were painted, basically what the Thai government wanted was the temple to be a showcase of the best of Thai culture. Okay. And of course, that that's that's of course coming from a national perspective, right? What is the best of Thai culture, right? It's based on Central Thailand, royal architecture, right. beautiful murals. When the so the murals I'm painting on my in the temple where I work, which is in Singapore, it's a Thai temple in Singapore. Um, the abbot also had a similar idea by saying that, hey, look, if we painted murals in this temple, we are actually showcasing um, Thai visual art to a non-Thai public. Because the number of Thais who actually go to temples is not that many. So th- so there, there's, there's a sense of Thai, of culture, Thai culture and identity being, yeah, being, be- being presented. Presented, being portrayed. It's almost like a museum yeah. of, of Thai art. So, but but the um, for the overseas ties, it I guess I guess if it depends by the, even by the person, but um, it's not uh, it's not as perhaps as strong of a an association. You need to go there every, every once a week or more, yeah. and and uh, make merit. Um, and you know, um, as I said in my talk, the average Thai person who goes to a temple does not even look at the walls, right? He doesn't care for the murals. He looks at yeah. the walls when there's a guy painting because there's some kind of movement and someone doing yeah. something. And oh, so he what's actually, that over there? Yeah. It directs his attention to the wall. But in general, I've, and then part of my, my field work that I've been doing is watching people in temples in Thailand um, <laughs> and in, in, in the diaspora. Um, and nobody really looks at the walls. People go in. And these are walls that are... They look at the Buddha. They look at, they the, look at the Buddha. They do their stuff. They pray. They put your yeah. offerings. They may chit-chat a little bit. They look at your phone and then they leave. Right, um, and even amongst themselves, don't really look at the walls. They, you know, they do their stuff and then they go. And the same thing is in Cambodia and most probably. I mean, I, I didn't do any research in Laos and Burma, but I, I would say it's probably the same thing. Um, so because th- they just take it for granted that temples have art on the walls. Um, yeah, and nobody's trying to interpret it. Nobody's trying to read it. What percent of monks would you say, on an average, in a wouldn't know most of the stories of the murals and the and the marginalia? I would say I really don't know five percent, maybe. <laughs> well, okay, it's low. Uh, most monks, I would say, actually don't know a lot of the stories. They they know the basic stuff and they know it in uh, a very simplistic form. And so sometimes in the murals we actually depict episodes that are not in the in the common um, right sort of B, B stories yeah, so B yeah. stories not in the A stories <laughs> so sometimes the monks have to you know dig deep into the dig deep or kind of look at it and say well mm, all right good and then just move on <laughs> the that yeah that's that that surprises I mean I guess it shouldn't surprise me but uh, you know be, well especially given that. Um, there's a much higher ordination rate. It might be temporary. The abbot must know. Um, 
Also, I've never asked, <laughs> and I don't want to ask. <laughs> right, because if because it's embarrassing if it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've had monks, senior monks, uh, come up to me and actually ask me what I'm painting. Um, and these are like senior monks from Thailand. Um, like, oh, they, they don't know which story that is. They don't know where it's coming from. Is there a Thai subset in the monkhood of sort of scholar monks who want to study, know, teach about, you know, kind of like 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 the art artists really to 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 drill down and to like yeah. capture is, is there a probably, probably. There I some? mean I I don't know anybody but <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised I mean you know there are yeah. thousands of of monks in Thailand I'm sure a lot of them do and a lot of them um like in the the temples that are really famous for their murals a lot of the monks um that I've spoken to actually do know stuff right. because the their murals are so famous in the Thai art world that you have you they constantly visitors have, or yeah. you have constant you know professors and students it's like being in a gallery that people it's like living in an art gallery so you know your artwork yeah um, okay yeah do the do the so the who who produces i've seen it at some temples sort of like and sometimes it's rudimentary sometimes it's it can be it can be impressive like the the kind of signage or like this is what this is this is what that is i've seen a few cases or 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 maybe on a handout or so who who prepares that kind of stuff um so that's a new thing um in the older temples we don't have any signage um and very very few temples actually have text like written text on the walls right that say for tourists no not for tourists um just for I mean, we're talking about an age before tourism right just for local temple goers we have a few. We have a few in uh, like there's one in Petburi and there's there's one in Supanburi that actually have descriptions on the wall um, that you could read and that would help you interpret the image you see in front of you, um, or that could be names or sponsors. The one in Petburi was really fascinating because it had the name of the sponsor, <laughs> this lady who sponsored yeah. an image on a wall, and this was from the Ayutthaya period, <laughs> even before Bangkok. So one of the things that when I was painting my wall in Singapore um, that we talked about with the abbot was, do we want to include, like, just underneath the wall, like a little write-up of the story? Okay, yeah. So that temple goers would be able to figure out what's going on. And he said, no, we should not because we want to stick to this kind of old Thai style. Um, and if a, a person wants to know the story, then either he does his own research or he approaches one of the monks to ask what's going on, um, which is the old way of doing it, right? Yeah, yeah, right. It would have been traditionally like you, you need to know or you need to hear it from us. Um, the these these ordinary um, quotidian scenes. Uh, what what is the Thai word for these? Gak, K A A K gak. Gak in Thai means. What does gak? What does right. that mean? So gak in Thai means um, it's something that you throw away. It's something that you discard. <laughs> Um, it primarily refers to unhusked rice. Okay. So in the past, after the rice right. was husked, and before you cook it, there would be a bit, you know, a few grains of, of rice that was unhusked, and you throw those out before you wash so, the rice. So the wheat and the chaff. The, the chaff, right? Yeah. Right? The wheat, you keep the chaff you throw out. Um, so those, the chaff is the gak, right? Um, is that derogatory? It, in a linguistic sense it carries a derogatoryness um but when in, in the thai linguistic sense or in yeah the, in yeah, a yeah. thai linguistic sense because you're actually talking about something that's 
lower like refuse or yeah lower than yourself right um and to call someone a gag is derogatory <laughs> um is that I'm a gonna, common expression i'm gonna throw you out i know it's not okay it's not um but in an artistic sense the word has no connotations to derogatoriness at all um it's a word that's used to describe non-royal non-elite scenes and characters um, in the painting, and they're integral to the painting, just as the royal scenes are. Um, so there's no kind of class association or not even a power dynamic. You know, it's it's just that's how these things were described. Yeah. Yeah. So you're painting um, uh, inch by inch, centimeter by centimeter, this uh, this temple in, in, in Singapore. Uh, and I guess n- and not just there, but in, you've done some really other amazing mural work. Um and at the end, we'll ask our uh, readers where to find some of your some of your work online if they want. But um, so we talked about the whimsy that in this. What have you done uh, in to to have uh, a bit of sport in your uh, a bit of in, fun? Yeah, in, in, in your in yours. So you see, when I paint, um, and I paint in the old style, the okay. the old it's called the Rakanakosin style, right? Rama th- one through Rama three, and so I have a lot of cut, a lot of marginalia <laughs> in my paintings. But many a times when I paint the margins and um, when I'm painting these everyday characters, I'm really reflecting back on my own experiences when I paint them. Um, So I have um, a scene, for instance, of two boxing rabbits. So they're standing up and they wear (laughs) boxing gloves and they're punching each other. And that was actually taken from a church in um, just outside of London, and they're having an exhibition of rabbits, of of, of statue rabbits. Okay. Right? And one of them was these two boxing hairs, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool and neat." Made an impression. And it made an impression, so I brought that into the life of the Buddha, <laughs> of the future Buddha. Um, I have a guy taking a picture of himself on a selfie. <laughs> Because everybody in Thailand takes selfies. Well, everybody in the world takes selfies yeah, now. now um, yeah. So he's using a selfie and he's using an iPhone, which is exactly the same model as this one that oh, I have. Oh, man. It's white. It's a white iPhone. Do you sort of old fogies say, like, well, you shouldn't have that in there. That's not... Actually, no. Um, people like it. You know, they look at it. They laugh. Um, kids really love it. And the other thing with kak images is it kak when it's painted, it's never at eye level. It's always at yeah. either the bottom of the wall or kind of the side, um, kind of behind a rock, so that they pop up when you look for them. They're yeah. not in your face. Um, whereas the royal characters and the Buddha and the palaces and all that is in direct view right. of the, the viewer. It can become kind of a game of like, like It's like where's Wally, the, right? Yeah. Where, where are the rabbits, right? Checking out these fun... Uh, yeah. um, uh, what what? How about any illicit, any any beer or gambling or any? Uh... Um, there's no gambling. Um, we have a scene that I painted last year, I think. Yeah, last year, of a bunch of men drinking alcohol. Um, because it's part. Of, it's actually part of the story. Um, there's a big celebration in the kingdom, and everybody's having fun. And so the scene shows about five men sitting in a circle, drinking beer. And the beer, um, so we have Heineken, we have Leo, and we have Chang, the green color one. And then, <laughs> so they, these guys are drinking this beer and it comes in cans. Yeah. And one can is actually squished because he finished the beer. Um, <laughs> and then they, one guy is guzzling a bottle of Thai whiskey. 
Okay. Yeah, cool. um, it's tough. He, if he can handle uh, he, a bottle, he's a strong one. Yeah, and another guy's <laughs> throwing up because he had too much. <laughs> uh, but it's fun. It's a fun scene. Um, the monks love it. Um, you know, Buddhist monks are not allowed to drink. Um, right. But Thai people who are not monks tend to drink a lot. Um, and you know, people tend to look at it. And it's one of the scenes I notice when I'm painting that people stop to look at. Not because it's at—it's actually at the bottom of the wall, right? And it's very small. But you know, as your eyes kind of move around the painting, you pick out these little things, right? These little nuggets. Um, and you could see, like, even if you didn't know, or it's especially if you don't know by heart all of the sort of obscurities of the Jataka tales or the or life of the Buddha or whatever, like that are pretty unrelatable, maybe for like a like a lay person who's mm-hmm. kind of not not exactly mm-hmm. uh, super schooled in in uh, um in every chapter and verse uh that those those other scenes they can actually identify with or or at least kind of have find meaning um yeah. inter- it's interesting like it that actually, that's, that actually gets to them more than some of the religious content. You're right. I mean it actually sparks conversation, right? Um so these scenes actually bring people into the into the painting and then from there they branch right. off into asking also oh, what's the story Right, all this, you know, all this like kind of entryway. fun things happening around. Like, what is yeah. what's the? And so, what, what actually, what are you trying to do? What, what are you trying to communicate? And who's this guy? And who's this guy? You know. So, um, yeah. So there are a lot of scenes like that. Um, I have a scene of two mermaids um, getting it on and <laughs> mermaids. Wow. Yeah, a merman and a merwoman. It's exciting. Okay. Okay. They seem to be having fun. Um, <laughs> I have very. Are they underwater or are they out of the water? Uh, they're in the water, kind okay. of half. Yeah, yeah okay. Half, half. Okay. Uh, and then um, there's one that's very nice that well, I. You, like. you also you get around the like there's no genitalia question mark to uh, like to to, mermaids. to depict like yeah mermaids it, yeah, it's yeah tail and, yeah. and so, fin yeah you're it's clever um, yeah but genitalia is like I said it's rarely portrayed in Thai art um, yeah um, except for female genitalia which is more common like direct views of the vagina um, penises are very rarely shown at all um, I have one scene where I have two guys I think it, it really depends how you want to interpret right. it um, in a leave tower it open. Yeah. in a tower and one guy has his let's just say it's a him his hand on a, the other guy's cheek oh, right and then the other guy <laughs> is putting his finger to his lips like oh <laughs> Let's not tell anybody what's going on. And meanwhile, there's this huge war going on outside. <laughs> um, and I notice Thai people like that a lot. They look yeah. at it, you know, and they're like, "Oh, wow!" Little clever secret. Uh, yeah. Y- you've also like 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 most Singaporeans, you've done national service. You also uh, some of the Singapore military yes. in, in in some of the it was in the army in these classic scenes. There's often a military parade or Correct. something going on or a battle. Like. Correct. So they, they they inhabit the space with these Thai soldiers dressed in, you know, traditional Thai garb, carrying spears and swords and stuff. And you have one or two Singaporean men <laughs> dressed up in a Singaporean outfit. Um, I was actually, you know, th- this whole thing about incorporating the local in a diaspora, I got the idea actually from the temple in Wimbledon. Um, before hmm. I started painting my mural, I read the book by Sandra Kate. And I went to London to look at a temple. And I was really fascinated by how the artists were incorporating Margaret Thatcher and yeah. you know, images of, of English life into the life of the Buddha. And I, I was like, oh, that's very interesting. Because 
that way you draw in not just Thai viewers or, or, or Thai temple goers, but also the people in that community. That, like right? the, the, the Wayang has a great tradition of like incorporating contemporary or oh, yeah, totally. fun events in this. Yeah. So like, it's yeah. nice to see this in yeah. Yeah. in the Thai case. So, so um, what are we, uh, you've, you're the author of the Buddha on Mecca's veranda uh, yes. from the university of Washington. And, um, and some of your newer stuff, if, uh, if, where can uh, where can we where can we read some of the Thai temple research? Um, the Thai temple research is actually pretty recent. So I've been doing the stuff on borderlands and identity in Malaysia for a very long time, um, and I kind of branched off into the Thai stuff. So I have one or two articles out on the Thai one. There's one that's it's already been published online. Um, I mean, I could give you the. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have it right now. Off yeah, the sure, sure. Um, we can we can put it in the link. Yeah. Yeah. So the one or two articles offline. There's a there's one that's forthcoming in the Journal of the Siam Society. Oh, nice. Um, so that's that's it for now. Yeah. It's work in progress. It's a it's a new project. It's yeah. Exciting. I like it, and it allows me to incorporate my own training in anthropology, which I like, and I had a lot of fun playing with issues of identity and you know, my, my work as an artist. Um, well, and like in impact, like, so the, so and now you mentioned like Irving was generous enough to do uh to do a week seminar every night with us. And you say like, um, you know, try to imagine if you weren't doing something like performative art to try to get an audience to come, mm. um, you know, two hours every, every day to, 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 to do. And so you, you can actually, it's, you can, you can sort of slip in a lot of learning and education because you because you're doing because of the way that it's 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 really engaged kind yeah. of learning. It's kind of fun and fun mm-hmm. and exciting. I wish I was. I'm sorry, Ajahn. I'll try better. I wish I was a better artist. Well, I'll, we uh, only have four days. Okay, to yeah. Four year project, <laughs> <It's okay>. right? <laughs> so uh, well, uh, I, I can't I can't thank you enough, Irving, and uh, we look forward to having you uh, back in the studio sometime soon. Thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.